Hey everyone, and welcome back to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us on episode 58 of the show, which is also our first episode of 2021. So I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and I'm looking forward to the year ahead. We have some great guests lined up that will be coming onto the show over the coming weeks, including today's guest, who I will be introducing shortly. If you are new to the show, I'll give you a quick breakdown of how it goes. So my name is Liam, and I'm the show host. I work at a company named Reach Interactive, and we help businesses to send text messages to customers and key stakeholders through SMS marketing. During the show, I chat with different guests every week, and we talk about something marketing-related for around 15 minutes, and then we close out with a couple of fun and personal questions just to finish off. We do release new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to check out our future episodes and subscribe if you enjoy this one. With that said, let's get started. So joining us on the show today is Hannah Bryce, who is the SEO manager at Holland and Barrett. Hey, Hannah, how's it going? Hello, firstly, thank you for having me and Happy New Year. Thanks, and you too. So could you spend a minute telling us about yourself, please? Yeah, of course. So I am, as you say, SEO manager at Holland and Barrett. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, Holland and Barrett are health and well-being and beauty um, we sell anything from sort of vitamins and supplements to protein powder and um, skin beauty products. Lots of lots and lots of products, lots of really good stuff. We have a massive store network, but um, online is obviously uh, also massive as well. So yeah, I'm behind the SEO on the website, me and my team. Uh, I've got a fantastic team. And in my spare time, I'm also a, a co-host on another podcast called SEO SAS, which stands for SEO Special Answering Service, because we're unique and original like that. And yeah, that's, I think that's, I mean, do you want me to go into any more detail? <laughs> yeah, I think you've covered everything there. I was actually going to mention your podcast too, if you didn't bring it up. I think it's really cool. And I was listening to your episode with Christina Azarenka earlier. It was super insightful, and I actually included the SEO SES podcast in my list of the 10 best marketing podcasts to listen to this year. So I'll add a link to that post in the show notes if anyone would like some new podcast shows to discover, then there are some real gems in there. You and Sarah also have the best introductions on a show with your compliments to each other. They really make me laugh every time, so I hope that continues. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. No, we. Uh, I think Sarah started that off because... She'd introduce me and put lots and lots of adjectives, which was lovely. Um, and then obviously I have to try and beat that when I introduce her. And I think my favourite of all time is probably would help an old lady cross the road. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I definitely enjoy those. They do make me laugh. So let's get started with the main section of our episode then. We're going to be talking about SEO strategy and a few different things like quick wins versus long-term gains, user experience, how to collaborate between SEO and PPC, monitoring progress and things like that. So stay tuned and we'll get started. So this episode comes at a really good time because it's the first week of the year, which means that we're all thinking about sort of 2021, the year ahead, how we're going to meet our targets, deliver on our strategy, and, and we're sort of still getting back into the swing of things. So I think it's a great time to talk about top level SEO strategy and have a conversation that's going to help both myself for one and our listeners to meet those targets and strategic goals moving forward this year. So my first question is quite generic. It is, how do you think we should approach creating an SEO strategy that allows us to sort of meet our business needs and be successful, Hannah? Um, I love this question. And I think you're right. It's a really, really timely 
timely time to uh, look at SEO strategy. So first of all, I think don't just do what everyone else is doing. So have a really, really good look at your site. Make sure there's an audit that's taken place. Well, I say an audit, I mean lots of different audits. So you need a technical audit. So you need to find out if there's anything that's physically stopping your site from working really well. You'll need a content audit to make sure that actually the content that you've got on your site is working for you. And if not, you know which ones to either improve or you know where the gaps are. You can do some competitor intersects using lots of really cool tools to see actually one where you're ranking better than they are. So therefore you need to capitalize on that and where they're doing better than you are. And they've got different topics that you've not even looked at yet. So that and that's just one element of your content strategy. So I think breaking it down into those two is really, really important because ideally you'll have a roadmap where it's broken down into technical content and then also strategy. So the strategic side should be a lot of tests. It should be things that you think actually this will help to improve either click through rate or help to include, uh, sorry, help to improve rankings and um, or the amount of pages that you've actually got indexed in Google. So things like that. So have a really good sort of brainstorm around the strategy side. But in the meantime, make sure you're doing your audits on your technical and your and your content. Also really wanted to say that every site is different. So for example, if you're a retailer, something like Fasted Navigation may or may not work for you. And that's that was the podcast you mentioned earlier about Christina Azarenko speaking about that, which is, again, like you say, really interesting. It can make a big difference and it can be a big win for some sites. But if you're, for example, a professional services site or an agency, is it going to be that beneficial to you? So don't just take what someone else is doing and apply it to your site because it won't always work. And that goes with everything. So if, for example, you want to start link building because actually it's super sexy and everyone's talking about it on LinkedIn, it might not be worth your effort compared to the sort of impact that it'll have on your site compared to the other things. So for example, if you've got, I don't know, most of your site sort of brings back a 404 error page or you've got redirect chains that are sending Google into, into loops, then link building probably isn't going to help you straight away. And similarly for content, if you've got 800 blogs with 200 words on each, linking to those is not going to do you any favors. So you might want to start link building because it sounds exciting. But if, for example, your site doesn't have any internal links to the page that gets links, or like I say, it's very thin content, it's a complete waste of your time. And yeah, like I say, if it's not technically sound, don't then plow lots of content into it because Google's just going to go around those redirect chains or end up in a 404 or it's maybe targeted to an even different country. So yeah, in terms of creating the, going back to the start, creating the SEO strategy, make sure your technical is as good as it can be. Nobody's is ever perfect, I don't think. So don't get too hung up on that, but make sure you do really do focus on the high impact things, then focus on your content strategy. And then when think you've got something worth linking to, that's actually going to improve your site and something strategic, something that actually you've looked at trends and you've said, actually, this is the time of year to really try and get links to this. One, because the journalists and the press are going to be interested, but two, because this is going to help me rank at this time of year when it's really important, then look at links. Yeah, that was super interesting. And I like that you broke it down into those three sections at the end there. Hopefully that gives our listeners some guidance and insights on where to start. And it reaffirms that you can't just cut corners with SEO. So there's no point in link building if your content or site structure is below par, as you mentioned. I think on a personal level, the hardest thing for me is balancing my time. So being in a small marketing team, I work on several channels as well as SEO. So I'm also working on blog content, socials, PPC, and this podcast, for example. So if I'm honest, working on all of those pillars like technical SEO, site structure, link building can be a challenging. 
And I'm sure that there are people out there that might be listening that run their own business or have a small team too. So they can relate because they just don't have the time to do a lot of the things that we've been talking about or invest in them through an entire week, month or or long-term basis. So with that said, do you have any tips on where we can invest our time or what we should prioritize if SEO isn't our only focus? So you said there that you do do a lot of content, but also you also do PPC. So I imagine that you're the kind of person who likes to analyze things, um, but is also creative, where a lot of people probably won't be both of those things. So you can get really stuck doing one thing because you like it or you're good at it. So you can have this amazing content on the side, but unless you've internally linked to it or you've got external links to it, or like I say, you've got a really bad technical outlook um, on your site at the moment, it's not working as hard as it can for you. So don't get stuck doing one thing just because you like it or you're good at it. And I think that leads on to a really important point about how SEOs come in all shapes and forms. So you've got all-rounders, you've got content SEOs, technical SEOs, analysts. So if you recognize that you are one of those, make sure you invest the time trying to become a different type, or if not become, then at least outsource or find someone who can help you with that kind of thing. If you know you're rubbish at analyzing results or that doesn't interest you, then make sure someone else is doing it. And I think, I mean, that that's that's my sort of first thoughts. But in terms of prioritizing, I think what I said earlier about making sure that you've got a decent technical foundation is really important. And then you can really work on content. Or ideally, you'd be working on those two things alongside each other so that when your website is in a really good position, you've already got some really hot content there. And I think the other important thing to point out is that you don't need to go all out on every area of your site. So for example, if you sell photo frames and maybe a few canvases, don't put the same amount of effort into canvases unless you intend to sell a lot more of those soon. Because actually what Google's going to really think you're an authority for is the photo frames. And that's what your bread and butter is. That's what you're going to sell. So it might be that you love these new canvases and think this is where everything's going to take off for you but if you've only ever got four in and you're not intending to buy anymore there's only an infinite amount of work you can do for that whereas the photo frames you should be putting lots more time and effort into that yeah that was a great point and i think it will definitely help listeners that can't invest all of their time into seo so maybe focus on your main product or service offering and create a strategy around that to begin with and then you can monitor those results and expand your efforts if things are working really well you can basically you could do seo 24 7 I think this is probably the same with a lot of marketing, but I don't think the job is ever done. So I think prioritizing is really, really important because otherwise it's never going to be finished. (laughs) Completely agreed. There's always a long list of tasks that are waiting to be done. And by the time you get around to some of them, there's been a change or an update or they're no longer needed. So while we're on the subject of time then, we're in a world now where everyone wants things done quickly, but we all know that SEO can often be the complete opposite of that and often takes time to get right and see progress. So how can we combine quick wins with long-term gains to ensure that we're making progress? And do you have maybe a few examples of each? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always going to be some things that will be quick wins. So optimizing metadata on your main pages, so your page titles and meta descriptions, the stuff that shows up in Google search results for maybe your homepage, your about us page, your product listing pages or services pages. And again, the job's never fully done with that. You can You can do it really, really well, but you can also do iterations to make those improve. I guess a quick win is always to use words that people will be looking for and words that will make people to click on that. So similar to PPC and obviously all the testing variations and things like that. Then from a technical point of view, I'd say Google cares most about UX. 
that's our user experience and that's what we should all care about as well so making sure that your page speed is okay and your site loads within a few seconds is great um if you find that actually your site loads within sort of five to ten seconds you're literally shooting yourself in the foot because people won't wait and the, i think the more tech technically advanced people become and the, and even at the minute obviously we're still in a period where covid is around and people are using online far more than they used to and people who've never shopped online or gone online are doing even they're not going to wait around 10 seconds for your website to load so pay speed is really important and again on that point the journey on site is really important again think about maybe your grandma who's never used the internet before trying to buy something because she needs it is it easy enough for your grandma to do <laughs> And then if people are bouncing, if people are going straight off your website, what's getting in their way or what's what's stopping them from moving forward? Have you got a path there for them to continue forward or have you actually misled them into thinking that they're going to click onto something that's a bit different? And then from a content point of view, are you using jargon that you understand and which you think makes you look good, but actually the sort of standard person isn't going to know or understand? So um, I used to work for a law firm and the search volume for lawyers in the UK uh, far exceeded that of solicitors. And lots of solicitors will tell you that they aren't lawyers. Lawyers is an Americanism and um, to be a solicitor requires more training than to be a lawyer because you can be a lawyer, for example, if you're a conveyancer rather than sort of a, a solicitor who's gone through far more training and stuff like that. Anyway, trying to get them to, to change it to be lawyers on the website was difficult but really really helpful it, it worked so well because that's what people know most people will think a lawyer and a solicitor is exactly the same thing so from a click-through rate point of view really really helpful and having lawyers on on that website really helped to rank for a lot more things yeah that's a great point because i think we can sometimes be narrow in how how we describe our product or service when in actual fact a prospective customer might be searching something completely different to try and find us that we never really thought about trying to rank for or maybe running ads on. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, so one of the things that's really popular at the minute is sort of pampas grass, so dried pampas grass and things like that. And I looked into this the other day and people look for sort of dried flower bouquets a lot. You'll probably have seen like letterbox flowers coming out. And when you look at the actual product, they don't have many flowers in, but people are happy with that. It, most of it is grass. And that's what people want, except they don't know they want a dried flower bouquet. They're looking for dried, sorry, they don't know that they want a dried grass bouquet. They're looking for a dried flower bouquet. But actually, when they see one full of grasses and maybe one flower, it's exactly what they want. Do you know what I mean? So even, even as humans, we, we don't know what we want sometimes. And we're searching for something that we think it's called. But you've got to, one, research that kind of thing and then just make sure you're, you're catering for both, really. Yeah, that's a really interesting example. Thanks for sharing that. I think there's a lot of value in asking non-marketing employees or co-workers or family or friends even what they would search for if they were hypothetically trying to purchase your product or service. You might get some surprising results that can help you. So since we've kind of kept things top level in the main section, I'd be interested to carry that on and ask for your thoughts on how investing in SEO filters across to other channels in marketing and particularly PPC and if there are any benefits of sort of intertwining those strategies. I, I'm definitely not a PPC expert, so I'll say that first. And secondly, I know you're a listener of, of our podcast. One of my favorite analogies from that is PPC is like a car. So you put fuel in it and it runs. The fuel runs out, it stops. Whereas SEO is more like a hybrid. So you put the fuel in it. When the fuel runs out, you've still got the longevity because you've got maybe the electricity 
powering it and it carries on until you fuel up again. So it's, I think both are incredibly, incredibly valuable, but if you're already using PPC and you're looking for a cheaper alternative with longevity, as soon as you press pause or run out of budget or fuel in the analogy, SEO will always continue to reap rewards or it should do. But if you are still using PPC, having a better quality score will help. So when you're optimizing pages for a quality score, you could also be optimizing them for SEO at the same time. So anything that's going to help from a user experience point of view, or it's going to put keywords on the page or anything that Google wants you to do, because that's how you rank pages highly, will help you with SEO. So whether you're an SEO and you're optimizing a page for SEO, and then you're going to use some PPC on that page, you're actually helping to improve the quality score. And similarly, if you do PPC and you're improving that page so that Google says your quality score is better, therefore your PPC is cheaper, you are technically also helping SEO. It's just, there's probably a few more things that you could do from an SEO point of view that Google's not going to tell you, like using header tags in the right place or a couple of internal links and that kind of thing. It's funny because I think we often compete in SEO and PPC to prove which one is better. And I sometimes find that even I'm competing with myself um, on occasion. But you're right, because building a page with a great experience ultimately is going to benefit both. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, there's almost kind of like a bit of a rivalry, isn't there? It's uh, I think both think they're the best because it's the best channel, which is great because it just goes to show how passionate we are about search either way. So we're closing in on the end of this main section. So I wanted to focus on results now. One thing that can be frustrating in SEO is when you follow all of the steps to improve your chances of ranking a page, tick all the check marks, and then nothing happens. And then you're stuck in this place where you think, should I change things around? Should I add something to the page? Should I try and get more links to it? Or should I just leave things as they are and let Google and the search engines go to work? So in that scenario, what would you recommend? And do you have any tips for monitoring progress or making changes? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Going back to your first question around strategy. So you should probably break this out into technical and content as well, um, as well as having an overall view of progress because the kind of things that you're going to measure for technical are going to be different. So let's talking about the content first, because that's probably easier to run through. So checking how long people are staying on the page for is going to be indicative of whether your content is performing, it's getting people's attention. Uh, how many pages they're clicking through to goes to show whether that actually they're then bought into your site, your journey's okay, that kind of thing. So those things are really important to measure and are very easy to measure using Google Analytics, which obviously is free for most people, unless you've got a super big one. But yeah, any, any site can get that. Then from a technical point of view, monitoring progress can be completely different. So it could just be finding out how many pages you've actually got indexed in Google to see whether Google's taking your site seriously, uh, whether it thinks it's worthy of ranking anywhere, in terms of like errors and things like that, so monitoring progress, for example, of whether a fix on the site's actually worked. So having a tool like Screaming Frog, which again is free up until, I want to say up until a thousand URLs. I don't know if, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you know. But either way, it's, uh, even if you've got more than that, it's only 125 pounds for a year. So yeah, that kind of tool is really, really helpful for that. And again, in Google Search Console, which is absolutely amazing for monitoring both those types of things. So you can look at all sorts of page speed in there. You can look at um, anything to do with the Core Vitals website updates, which is coming in May this year. And um, that looks at things like whether uh, you've got like layout shift on the site. So it goes super into user experience and technical. And then you can also look at how many pages Google's crawling. 
you can look at whether they're classing things as error pages or not. Also in Google Search Console, you can look at um, clicks and impressions. So this is really, really helpful for the overall, whether your, your SEO strategy is working or not, because if you're getting clicks, then you're doing something right. And similarly, if you're getting impressions, then you know that actually your site is showing up in Google for something. So that can show you where your opportunity areas are. If you're getting lots of impressions for something, but not many clicks, you know that actually you're probably not ranking very, very well. If you can then see that you are ranking well, which you can also see in Search Console, but you're not getting much click-through rate, maybe it's because what you've actually offered about yourself in the metadata isn't good enough. Maybe you've, going back to that sort of dried flowers analogy, maybe you've said buy a dried flower rather than buy dried flower bouquets. And you're up there because you've used the right terminology, you've got keywords in there, you've used buy, but actually from a user point of view, you don't want one flower, you, as we know, you want a whole budget, bunch of them. So what else have I got? In terms of rankings, I'd say monitoring your progress on that obviously is always gonna be really helpful. So again, there's some really cool tools for that. If you've got a lot to, of um, keywords to monitor progress for, I'd use a tool called Stat. Absolutely fantastic, really good at um, reports as well. You can see where you are on a daily basis. If you've only got a few, there are other tools where you can look at your rankings pretty much immediately and check them again whenever you want to. I used to use one called Cert Robot. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I think it's relatively cheap. And again, it's just really helpful because you can see where you rank before and where you've improved to. So no matter what your budget, there's always going to be tools available. Like I said, Search Console, Google Analytics are your main ones. Most people tend to have Google Analytics, but Search Console is literally a treasure chest. So get on it. Awesome. There's lots of great tools to take from your answer there. I'm just going to follow on with a few quick things to close out. So one free tool to check rankings that I sometimes use is called FatRank. And finally, I just had a look at Screaming Frog as you were speaking there, and the maximum URLs for free is 500. So slightly less than 1,000, but still great for smaller sites. But yeah, thanks for giving us lots of things to think about and sharing some insights on how you would approach SEO in 2021. We are going to close out the main section here, and I'll be asking Hannah two quick questions about her career to close out, so stay tuned. So the closing section of each episode is a little bit more lighthearted and fun. I'm going to be asking Hannah two quick questions that focus on her career and some of the funny side of working. We usually have a lot of fun here and get a wide range of answers. So my first question is, do you have a fun or memorable story that stands out when you look back on your career? It could be something funny, cringeworthy, inspirational, or a little bit crazy. Yeah, so this isn't anything to do with SEO, but one of my sort of first jobs, I think I was about 19, I used to try and arrange work experience for kids for the council. And a parent had called up to complain that everyone had gone home and the kid was left outside in the dark. All the lights were turned off when she arrived and it was like nobody was there. So I had to ring up the company and say, oh, we've had a complaint. Apparently, <laughs> apparently a kid was left outside. And if you were all inside, like if there was anybody left in, you'd all taken your clothes off. <laughs> I don't know what made me say that rather than said you turned your lights off. Um, but yeah, that was horrific because there was just this really pregnant pause and everyone in the office looked at me and I was just like, oh no, I've just heard myself say what I said. And, and then I was just like, I mean, I mean the lights, <laughs> but it was, yeah, that was really embarrassing. <laughs> That's definitely one of the most random and funny stories that we've had and a great one to kick off the new year. 
So my final question is, do you have a favorite resource that you think might help listeners with their daily tasks? So it could be a blog, a newsletter, plugin, tool, book, or something like that. Yeah, so I'll give you a plugin. So there's SEO meta in one click. So that'll tell you what your meta descriptions are. It'll show you whether you've, you've blocked a page using robots or whether it's no indexable. Do you want a couple or just one? Yeah, feel free to share as many as you can. Okay, obviously there's this search console, which I can't say how amazing it is. Um, I think it's it's always worth signing up to sort of search engine land. And then if you are listening to this and you love podcasts, I'm sure you've heard of Azim Digital Ask. So his um, podcast is interviewing some really cool people. And again, about like a really good broad range of digital marketing, but he's also really funny. Um, he's very dry, he's got a dry sense of uh, humor, which is uh, really good fun. So yeah, they're my faves. Yeah, cool. So there's something for everyone there with a plug-in newsletter and a podcast. So we're going to close out the episode here. Thank you for being an awesome guest, Hannah, and joining us for our first episode of Many in 2021. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So thanks to everyone for listening. I appreciate the continued support. We'll be back next Wednesday with another awesome episode. And in the meantime, please go and check out the SEO SES podcast on your favorite streaming site. See you soon.